listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Let's turn to our very next guest and the topic of today. Now, as the summer holiday draws to an end and our children are making their way back up the academic ladder, it's no doubt it's a bit of a switch in gear. And uh, whether they spent their summer relaxing or or doing extracurricular activities, um, most kids would agree that... um, Going back to school and when school starts, it's it's often harder to find the time to relax. And it's so obvious that good mental health is essential to good learning. So this afternoon, we're talking about ways children can learn to relax with Kate Baldwin, who is a mindfulness coach with Inner Rainbow Mindfulness and Balance Session. Welcome back on the program, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Hello. Well, thank you. We are live this afternoon on Facebook as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Kate there. Um, so maybe um, we'll start sort of from the beginning. I, I know you work with a lot of young children and young adults as well throughout the years um, as a coach. Um, and you've sort of seen the impact of work and school on their mental health and mental well-being. What sorts of issues or um, anxieties have you come across in the past Kate well with young people um it 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 kind of varies depending on on who they are of course um so you'll have a a cross-section I find there's there's a lot of students in Hong Kong that are very anxious about studies grades Uh, there's a lot of work to do and certainly that's a big step when they go back to school from the summer holiday. So even if they've been on study programs over the summer, there's still a sort of stepping up, if you like. Um, and, and so those students that, that do worry about that, that certainly can take over, especially if there's pressure at home as well. Um, and this fear of, am I doing it? Am I doing it right? Am I doing enough? Um, there's, there's, um, with, with a lot of older students, particularly those that might be coming up to exam times this year, there's this, uh, the pressure of, of I can't sleep. If I've come across students that say, oh, I've had three hours sleep last night. Well, well why? Because, yeah, and it, it can be quite common, actually, because I, I just have to get in all this study. I have to get it done. And that inability to, to switch off particularly at night to switch off the mind and sometimes that comes from parents sometimes from teachers but but quite often it will come from the student themselves if they're if they're tending towards perfectionism but or if they're heaping a lot of pressure on themselves if they want to do well so you have that element but I would say for, for a lot of students as well there's just this anxiety in, in a shift you know what what's it going to be like it's a it's a new school year um exactly. making new friends oh, no. or saying goodbye to old friends as well and and just being in a new environment sometimes can be yeah. sort of anxiety inducing even with a new teacher even if you're going in but certainly if you're going into a a primary one class or a a form one class there's a whole shift in in expectations and that unknown is often more fearful more anxiety inducing than than the actual so 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 you have a lot of this going on and and certainly for the younger children then the separation if they've been with parents or auntie over the summer and then they have to sort of step away and and we tend to think of that as kindergarten age children but i i find it can go up in, even into the sort of primary two primary three age um 
when we forget about that exactly because uh, my, my kids are, are, are a lot younger so at kindergarten they sort of have that separation anxiety and i should imagine even as you grow older there there is but it just sort of gets internalized a little bit more so they can't sort of cry out loud but you know the the, the feeling is still there and and also you mentioned a really good point just now kate the pressure i think it's it's no secret that hong kong it, it can be quite a competitive place like like any you know big cities um and and some of that <laughs> that that trickles down to the students and when you've got really busy parents it's no doubt that students and children also end up really busy as well and they have a lot of extracurricular activities and a lot of times the students are just tired or burnt out um you know how might that also affect their mental well-being well i mean as adults i'm sure we we all know if we're tired we don't make our best decisions we don't feel our happiest we can't work through our problems i mean one of the key things that we need is is resilience and and when we're just physically worn down because we haven't had enough sleep we're not at our most resilient so so we it's almost like a, we, we might be coping okay but our, our levels are are a little bit raised so it it doesn't take as much to knock us over the edge if you like and and it's exactly the same for students and they may not even be aware of it you know if parents if mom and dad are, are only having sort of five six hours sleep and then maybe they're having seven or eight that that might look normal to them. So so there's this lack of awareness about that and how, oh, I feel okay, I'm coping. But then, you know, something happens, like someone says something unkind at school perhaps. And whereas if we'd if if we were more resilient because we'd had more sleep, because we we're taking more care of our health, we might be able to cope with it. But in that sort of slightly raised stress level, suddenly then that that thing that our friend may have said to us or that we may have got on our phone or that a younger child the teacher may have said it it, it can knock us over the edge and and we find it takes longer to bounce back um and i yeah i think that's that's an issue for entire families really i agree yeah. yeah and and over the years i've sort of seen a number of surveys done in hong kong and and also overseas as well uh, that we are seeing school children um suffering from uh, you know they describe it as a deep anxiety uh, because they are you know overwhelmed with homework and like you said the choices the instructions of being bombarded not just children but but adults as well how and you mentioned just now uh, you know the word resilience how can we help children build resilience and sort of feel more at ease and, and relax well i think first and foremost in a family it, it the parents need to care for themselves. You know, I know that that sounds really obvious, um, but it's often something that gets swept away. So it's all very well saying to your your child, oh, I've, I've heard of this activity, let's try it, let's do this together. But you, you know, children see through things. And, and if, if they it's see not- You're like, go, go, go. Like, ah, they're gonna be like yeah. that too. And it may be that the parents can't stop. Maybe maybe work is such that that there isn't much time. But even just being able to vocalize that, you know, oh, you know, I know that I am not managing so well or I'm feeling a little bit stressed. I've got a lot of pressure and I'd like to do better. But even being able to vocalize that, let's try something together, that 
that helps to take out that sort of, well, why, why should I do it? You're not, you're not doing. So I think that is really important. And it's something that, that we all know, but we don't necessarily take, take care of. Um, and then after that, there are, there are lots of things that we can do. Um, and it's really age dependent on the on the on the child but i would say starting with little small activities and we all know things like of course we should talk through problems we should we should discuss things at the end of the day um i think that's common common sense really but on top of that um obviously i like to use a lot of mindfulness techniques i use them with the students that i work with with the families that i work with and with my own children um because they're very portable because they're research backed and because um, you can you can do them for a short time, a long time in any situation, um, and we see results from it. Um, so that's always where I would go. Where I would go first is let's try this small activity. Um, let's start small. Let's not try and do 15, 20 minutes. Let's do one or two minutes. Can we perhaps do it together as a family? Um, Possibly that works better with younger children than, than older children. For older students, um, perhaps using apps or YouTube clips, things like that, so that we're, we're communicating with them where they like to communicate. Um, and then I would start with some simple, just simple mindful breathing activities. Yeah. With my three-year-old, I do the sort of um, smell the flower and blow the candle where we mm -hmm. smell the flower with our nose and then we blow out the candle. Um, sometimes I think it works better for me than actually for her, but it, it you know, <laughs> but, uh, but seeing when she sees me do it, then she'll, she'll do it. And it's just, it takes her away from the moment of sort of stress or anger sometimes um these angry three-year-olds because you know it's it's that emotion it's that secondary emotion that comes through you know it's obviously it's from something else but that's how they express it and you're so right kate i think children do mimic uh adults as well um i think our pipe burst uh over the, early at the summer so i was like oh i can't believe this is happening again and i think I'm, it must be a phrase i use from time to time because um her pencil broke it snapped and she was like i can't believe this is happening again and i thought <laughs> where on earth did she hear it from and i realized it was from me um so we have to model our behavior i mean we have to sort of behave in a certain way because they they mimic us and they copy us yeah with them um, with that age something that's very nice to do is um balloon breathing and so for the younger, um, I would say even from eight, about age seven down, and we just say, let's blow up a balloon together. And this is really good because it slows the breath as well as focusing on the breath. And we, we mind blowing up. So let's breathe in and breathe out slowly through the mouth. Breathe in through the nose and breathe out slowly through the mouth. And you can carry on like that and you paint a picture of this. Of course, you can't blow up a balloon like. <laughs> and we tend to breathe very, very quickly when we're in a stress situation. So so just doing that gives them a visual and it gives them uh, a physical activity. I would say it's not pure mindfulness because in my mind, pure mindfulness is just noticing what is there and turning your focus to that. But for younger 
children that works very well um and um perhaps i can just walk you through an activity for the, that works across across all ages and if anyone wants to watch they can go on the facebook um facebook live um so one of the main things we do with mindfulness is turn our focus to the breath and and a lot of children would have done this at school as well but we can we can do it at home we can sort of practice do it in the morning before school if we have time or when we come home and and building up a sort of mini practice and then talking about how we could fit this in our day is quite nice so there there's a very simple practice and i call it stop and breathe that you can fit into any day and with the younger children you talk about where can you feel your breath so let's help them first of all to notice where their breath is otherwise they can't do the activity so is it in your nose is it in your mouth is it in your throat is it in your chest where are you feeling your breath so have a little bit of a chat about that first and then i like to say let's let's just stop wherever we are just stop and if it's possible for you if you're not in a busy environment close your eyes but if you are in a busy environment, it doesn't feel comfortable, you just look down, look down at the floor, look down at the table, depending if you're standing up or sitting down. And all I want you to do is put both your feet on the floor, both feet on the floor. And let's see if we can push our feet into the floor. So pushing them down, perhaps wiggling your toes a little bit to grip the floor, really seeing if you can send your attention all the way down to your feet. So just being aware of your feet. If they're in shoes, you can feel the socks around them. And just pushing onto the floor, feeling that connection with the ground beneath you, solid ground. Now bring your attention, if you can, up your body to wherever you feel your breath. And see if you can put your whole mind onto your breath. So just breathing in and breathing out just following that breath in and following it out don't need to change the breath just keep your focus on the breath for a moment and if your mind starts thinking about other things that's okay just kindly bring it back to your breathing in and then breathing out and then let's Relax our shoulders, relax our body, and just for one moment, be here, nothing else to do. Just being here. And when you're ready, okay, slowly open your eyes. Wow, Kate, I feel so relaxed actually. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. And it's so funny, you know, and what when you said just it's okay to have those thoughts, you know, sort of acknowledge them and then you can just sort of feel the breathing calming your body and that thought even though your focus was on something, it just sort of passes and then you that's okay as well. Yeah, and that's very important because a lot of the time the stumbling block is but my mind is busy, I can't stop thinking and and essentially the mind is its job is to think so trying to stop those thoughts is is a pointless activity and creates its own stress so turning towards it i think is better 
Yeah. yeah. We've only got a couple of minutes left. What about for, for parents? Have you got any sort of tips uh, for, for parents and carers? Uh, how can we practice this sort of mindfulness uh, with our children? Because sometimes it's new to parents as well. I think of, you know, certainly of, of our generation, I don't think we did mindfulness activities at, at school. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, something like that stop and breathe actually is very, is very good for parents they can do it at any time um and it can be done very short short bursts so you could perhaps be if you're lining up in a shop you could try that practice you know obviously with your eyes open um if you're sitting on the if you're sitting on the mtr you can do it so building up little bits and pieces yourself doing it with your child i think is the best way um and the the quality of mindfulness is curiosity is act, act sort of listening, noticing. So when you're with your children, just trying to be 100% there is in fact an activity of mindfulness. Um, and noticing when your mind wanders off, because you know, sometimes they might be going on and on about something that, that may not be interesting to you, but just using that refocus, listen, be here, notice, um, going through steps like that would be helpful. I, I would say there are plenty of apps out there. You could look and listen to something such as Headspace. Yes. Um, you could try that on your commute to and from work. You could do it sort of for one eye. Like they have one minute things, two minute things. So I would always say, whilst the ideal is to do longer, pick some short bursts that you can, you can fit into, um, into your day. If you're really having a tough day, um there's a website called selfcompassion.org um, and they're not exactly mindfulness based but those are very good for adults to have a look at if they're dealing with a lot of stress there's some free meditations on that website as well that are that are helpful the other thing i would say for parents is is know why you're doing it so if you think what, what is this mindfulness stuff i've been told that it's a good thing to do i might give it a try actually dip into a bit of research you don't need to go in depth but just find one or two things so when your child says to you well why why am i doing this you actually know <laughs> and believe in what you're selling as well right otherwise yeah. children can see through you <laughs> yeah so so there's there's a lot of research out there um if you want something specific to schools the mindfulness in schools project which is a uk-based um obviously schools mindfulness has a research page you could just find a couple of headlines so at least you know what is going on in that field because there's a wealth of research which is why it's it's now coming into schools yeah, yeah. Um, and kate uh, how can our listeners find out more about you and your work how can we find you on social media well, I am on Facebook page, but as I've just had a, a big move, I, I haven't been very active on there. However, I've got um, two Facebook pages, Inner Rainbow and um, The Balance Session. So whilst they are not currently updated, there are a lot of video clips and meditations that you can listen to or, or watch on those websites. So Inner Rainbow tends to be more for the children, The Balance Session more for um, older teenagers and adults. So, so if you look at those two pages, you will get some some recorded meditations and video. Excellent. Well, Kate Baldwin, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Mindfulness coach with the Balance Session and the Inner Rainbow. Thank you so much. 